I'm always up here. And, you know, what I was thinking of during worship is, is like, when you get in a car, you all get in and you all go the same place. You know, and so we were all in the car together this morning, the overflow car. But when I lead worship, I have to drive the car. And so I have to be alert and make sure and get, don't miss my turn all that. But today I just got to sit in the back seat and recline, you know, and that was awesome. So anyways, I'm so honored to be here today. And happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. And if you're not a mother, it's okay. It's still Mother's Day. Just like on St. Patrick's Day, you don't have to be Irish, right? It's still St. Patrick's Day. So it's Mother's Day. If you didn't have a great mother, I'm sorry, but that's okay. It's Mother's Day. If you're not a great mother, that's okay. It's Mother's Day, and we're going to get you there, all right? Well, if y'all don't know too much about Josh and I, he um, just told you a little bit, but we've been married for 11 years, and we have four kids. They are nine, seven, two, and five months yesterday, my baby. Anyways, and so I just love being a mom. I love being a wife, and it's just such a pleasure to get to do the things that God's called me to do. And I really do try to do everything I do with all my heart to the best of my ability because I believe that that really does bring honor and glory to God. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I have an iPad and paper here. Don't worry. I don't have lots of notes. What happened was I charged this all night long, and this morning when I went to put it in my purse, it was dead. Yeah, because the devil's a dog. (laughs) And so I guess the charger's broken, and so I have 20%, so we'll see. This is backup. Okay. Um, anyways, Josh is the cook in our house. I don't have any problem saying that. He's a really good cook. It's really funny on Wednesday nights at community group when people come over, they're like, great job, Leslie. And I'm like, you know, they have no idea that the majority of the time it's Josh, you know. And so I'm like, hat off to him. No worries. I'm, I'm woman enough to know it's okay that he's a better cook. But I can bake really well, okay. And so just like Josh brings a good solid word that's leaves you full and, you know, like, yes, that was so good and deep revelation and the the savory of it. Well, that's what he does every week. But I'm a good baker, so I'm just going to leave you guys something today that's sweet and makes you smile, and hopefully you leave today feeling like you had an uplifting cookie piece of cake word. How's that sound? Amen? All right. Well, good. So I have learned so many things about being a mom, whether it's something that my kids say to me or a revelation in a situation that's happening and God can open my eyes to show me maybe metaphorically into the spiritual realm and um, or if it's just reading the scripture and it just takes on a whole new meaning to you for example when you read about Mary when Jesus was being crucified and you're just like oh my gosh that would kill me you know like that if that was my child I could not do what she did and so I really feel like um, being a mom has just opened my eyes to so many things that I'm grateful because I didn't have a full grasp of before and really now it's just like these doors of of infinite wisdom are open to me and I'm just like grasping for everything that I can get because it's it's just awesome to know more than you knew yesterday just because your title changed amen and so um I lost my spot (laughs) hold on I'll find it okay that was what I was gonna say so today if like I said if you're not a mom if you're not married if you're 15 wherever you're at today whenever I talk about being a mom just put your title in there like teacher or father or student or employer or employee because I really feel that this is like a life lesson that can go over over everything so don't just think I'm not a mom I'm just going to kind of tune this out because I really feel like I'm not just talking about being a mom but I'm talking about the lessons that being a mom taught me that apply to my life in general and can apply to your life too amen 
So there's, we're going to hit on a couple different points today on the things that I've learned in my motherhood journey. So let's just pray real quick, and then we'll dive right in. Lord, we're just so very blessed to be here in this awesome place on this awesome day. And thank you for all these people that braved out into the storm to come and be in your presence today. And we just thank you so much. Let every word that I say be straight from your throne room, God. And I just thank you for all you're doing in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I don't, maybe these things aren't something that the other moms in this house have dealt with before. But I, these are things that I've dealt with. And so I'm on the other side of them. And so that's why I feel like I can bring you a word to this, but something that I dealt with really hard as a teenager is I would compare myself to each other. So that's going to be our first thing is don't compare yourself. There was a girl in the youth group who is still my best friend today, and she was the it girl. How many of y'all know the it girl? And I know, I, I know you're looking at me, you're thinking, you weren't the it girl? But I wasn't. It wasn't me. So anyway, I would always feel like, dang it, she's prettier, or she sings nicer, or she can play more instruments. And it was really something that I, I had to just die to because God didn't make me to always be in her shadow and he didn't make her to outshine me but we just have to find security in what we're good at and really comparing ourselves comes from an insecurity of doubting yourself and not feeling like you're adequate or what you have to say is valuable or the role that you're playing is not good enough and so it is so important that we stop comparing ourselves that we stop asking ourselves am I doing this right am I good enough at this should I be doing this different because you only know what you know, and you can't worry about who, what everybody else is doing because you only know how to do it the way you know how to do it, all right? And so there's nothing that's going to come good out of you comparing yourself. We see in Galatians 6 and chapter 6 and verse 4, it says, Pay careful attention to your own work. Everybody say, own work. Then, uh, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you don't need to compare yourself to everyone else. And this is, I mean, this is so true. I come to this scripture over and over again sometimes when I'm like, oh, she had a baby and it's already potty trained and my child's four and they're in diapers. You know, like, and then I'm like, whoop, it's okay. That's their kid. This is my kid. You know, my kids tell me that all the time. They'll come home from school and be like, mom, this is Judah, okay. Uh, how old can I be when I watch The Walking Dead? I'd like to watch The Walking Dead, mom. And we're like, well, you're seven, so um, maybe we'll wait until you're like, 12 or 13. And he's like, well, Jordan watches The Walking Dead with his dad. And I'm like, well, I'm not Jordan's mom. So you're not watching Walking Dead in my house, you know, because I'm not trying to compare myself. You know, I'm not thinking, oh, well, maybe maybe we should let him because somebody else is. No, I make the rules for my house. Josh makes the rules for our house. And I'm not going to compare myself. I'm not going to let somebody else compare me to somebody else. Amen. So you have to feel confident in what you're doing because God chose you for this. It's not by some surprise that all of a sudden God's like, oh, you're about to be a mom. Well, let me change my plans here. He knew all along that you were going to be a mom. He knew all along that you were going to be a truck driver. He knew all along that you were going to be a doctor. And he's been setting you into motion every day for this destiny that he has planned for you. Amen. So feel confident in it. Whether you have a day that you feel less confident, that's okay. Don't Start to doubt yourself or compare yourself or, or belittle yourself because you had a bad day. Because we all have them. We all have them, okay? So be confident in what you're doing. Colossians, uh, Colossians 3 and verse 23 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. And this is something that I have to also remind myself of frequently because sometimes I just... I don't want to do something. You know, I'm, let's just be real. Sometimes you don't want to do the dishes, and they're piled, you know, 
outside. You know, like put them outside and let the rain wash them, right? I mean, you just, sometimes you just don't want to do things. But Josh often reminds me of this. You know, he has a, a saying that he said the whole time I've known him. You know, we do everything with excellence. Excellence is doing the best you can with what you have. You know, he's excellence, 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 always. And so sometimes he's like, hey, babe, um, you know, he's always loving, okay? He's always loving. But he'll be like, the house has been getting a little crazy, you know? And I'm like, oh, yep, I know. And it's a good thing that he's telling me that. Why? Because I'm not being a good steward of my house as unto the Lord. Amen? Sometimes we have to just put on our big girl pants or big boy pants and realize that we are doing the things that we're doing for the Lord. It's not so that we have a clean house. It's not so that our kids get good grades. It's not so that people like us. Everything that we do from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed is to bring honor and glory to God, to somehow use our hands to further his kingdom, to use our heart and our affections to love on each other so that his uh, light can shine through us. Amen? So that is such a good thing to remember that when you get into the grime and the yuck and the I don't want to and the I only, ha- I only have three weeks left of school, I'm just going to tune out, you know, everything that you do is for the Lord. Think about that. When you, when you go to work and you show up ten minutes late and you're like, meh, you are doing that for the Lord. You showed up late for the banquet table the Lord set for you when you show up late to somewhere that you're supposed to be. Amen? Everything that you do is to be unto the Lord, no matter what it is. So that is true. You know, and, and we we're talking about comparing yourself. Somebody will be better than you. It's a given. It just is. Someone will do it differently than you do it. Someone will think they're doing it right and you're doing it wrong. And that's okay because that will happen for the rest of your life. Even from um, a wife to a husband, a mother to a daughter, sister to sister, you won't agree 100% with anything with anybody. Won't happen. It won't happen. So don't worry about it. Get over it. Are you doing the best you can do? Are you being the best that you know how to be? Are you putting your heart into it? Are you doing it out of love and a servant attitude? Are you using it as a form of honor to God? That's what you need to focus on. Because there may be a season of life that you're going through, and it might not be the place you want to be, but you can change the atmosphere if you're doing it out of love for God. Amen? There was a season of my life, like I said, Josh and I have been married 11 years, and if you've been married for, say, six months, (laughs) you know that there's the good times and the bad times, right? No? Okay, maybe? All right. (laughs) I guess we're the only ones, babe. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But there was a season that we went through, and life was just tough. It was not the best it could have been. I was not the best wife I could be. Josh was really stressed, and he would say he was not the best husband. He could be. I'm not saying that about him, but he would say that about himself. You know, and it was just tough. It just wasn't, it wasn't really good. And I got to a point where almost out of desperation because I knew that the choices that I was making weren't good, but I knew that if I could get my heart there, then I could get the rest of me to follow. And so every single day when I would take a shower, if I got to take a shower, because moms don't always get to take a shower, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. But I would pray, and I would say out loud these exact words. I would say, God, let me be the best wife I can be today. Let me be the best mom I can be today. Let me be the best friend that I can be today. And let me be the best lover of you that I can be today. 
because that was, that was always my heart. I don't think we ever don't want to be loving or ever don't want to be kind. But sometimes in all the hustle and bustle and the stress and everything, we just start look, you know, standing back and thinking, did I just say that? Was that me, right? I, I did that, you know? And so I think it's just good to remind ourselves that we're doing this for God, and if we need help, we can call out to him and ask for help, and that it's not going to be something that we're stuck in forever. It's not going to be um, a bad choice that just, you know, s- screwed us for life. You know, we can get back on that path when we have a heart that is after Jesus. Amen? And so, really, when it comes to the doubt and the comparing and all that stuff, all that stuff. There's only one question that I want for you guys to ask yourself when you feel like, am I good enough? Am I strong enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I smart enough? All you have to do is ask yourself, am I pleasing to the Father? Amen? And what I'm doing pleasing the Father, because that's the only, at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, that's all that's going to matter, is am I pleasing the Father with my choices, with my actions, the way that I'm working, the things that I'm putting my hands to. Am I pleasing the Father? The second thing is everything is just a season. Just like we have uh, spring, summer, fall, winter, and then it's going to come back and it's going to repeat. We go through seasons of our life. Right now you might find yourself at the beginning of whatever season you're in. Maybe you're at the end of a season. Maybe you guys, some of you in here are about to graduate from college. Whoop, whoop. Um, Or maybe some of you guys are smack in the middle or you don't even really know if you're in a season. There's one going around you, I promise. (laughs) Whether you know it or not, you're in a season, but you might not know where you're at. But you can't fast forward, you can't rewind, and you can't push pause because time is ticking, right? It's going. You're not, you can't grasp it. No matter how much we want to, you know, when you have a newborn baby, you just want to stare at them all day. And that was when I was like, hey, the dishes can just stay. I don't care. I'm just looking at this sweet baby. But it's going on. It's going on. And it's not going to stop. It's not going to switch to tomorrow if you're tired of today. You know, sometimes we we all say, I just, I'm ready for bed. Is it time for sleep? You know, like, oh, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. Okay, no, it's not time for bed. You know, today has to go on a little bit longer because you just can't make time go any faster. I think that's the funniest thing, too, with my kids is sometimes they tell me, it's bedtime already? Like, I got the clock, and, you know, like, I'm like, I can't change the clock. I can just tell you what time it says, okay? And so whatever, wherever you're at, you can't change it. You're, you're there. Now what are we going to do about it, okay? So whether, you know, we can look at a baby, and there's the, there's the pregnancy and the, the waiting and anticipation, and then you have a newborn, and then they start crawling and rolling over, and then they start walking, and then they start talking, and then they go to school, and you literally blink. I promise you, you literally blink. And I know that there's mothers in here that have kids way older than me, but I seriously cannot believe that I have a daughter that's about to turn 10. I, d- I just, it blows my mind. She's just like five-ish or seven-ish. Like, I, it's just, it's unreal. But, you know, and then they're in school, and then they're teenagers, and then they're gone. And they're, I mean, they're gone, not from your life, but from your house. You don't see them every day. You don't get to love on them every day. And I was the first one of my siblings to move away, and my mom still calls me. I've been moved away almost five years, and she's like, I just miss you. Today's a hard day. And I'm like, oh, I love you, Mom. You know, like I just, it, it doesn't stop. You never stop being a mom. You never start having the emotions from when you look at that newborn baby. You know what I'm saying? And we think to ourselves sometimes like, oh, they're just treating me like a baby, whatever. But, you know, as from a mom's heart, they're just remembering how quick it went and how they just sat there and stared at you, and time just seemed to stand still. Amen? 
And so we need to get with the season that we're in, not long for the past, not hope for the future, and just say, one day when things get better, or one day when they change, or before too long, I'll get to do this. But what, where are you at now, and how are you working in that now? What are you doing in this season? Yes, Lord. Um, you know, I've heard it said before, and I don't know who said it, so uh, I'm not going to quote anybody, but I've heard it said that the days are long, but the years are short. And the first time I heard that, I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's backwards. But it's so true because you're sitting there and you're like, oh, my gosh, will today ever be over? I am so tired. I'm ready to get off of work. I'm ready to go home and watch Gilmore Girls, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and but then when you, yeah, I was pointing at Kim over there. That was so cute when she was on the couch. I like watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> that was adorable. Yeah. Oh, was it Golden Girls? No, I think it was Gilmore. Yeah, okay. <laughs> She's too little to know Golden Girls. Okay. Um, but, you know, like with my older kids, um, with Mariah and Judah, it really is a blur. You know, we have two sets of kids. We have the old ones and the young ones. And at first I was kind of sad about that, but it's so cool because – it's just it's very undynamic, so it's awesome. We have two sets of kids. Um, but really, I just honestly, I cannot, cannot remember the day-to-day -day life when Mariah and Judah were the age that my younger two are right now, two and newborn. I just can't. I cannot remember it. I can't. There's a few things that I can remember if I see a picture of it or if we have a video of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But, you know, I recently there's this app um, called Time Hop, and it'll, it, you can, like, log into it and, if you posted something on different social medias, it'll remind you, like, 10, or how, it doesn't go that far. I think the farthest I've gone is five, yeah. But it'll say, this happened five years ago today. And it was a picture of Judah asleep on the carpet with his blanket, which he still sleeps with. Don't tell him I told you that. And drumsticks, because he used to carry drumsticks and this blanket everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. To the store, to the restaurant, to church. I mean, he just had it all the time. It's the same blanket that's been lost twice in a different city and mailed back to us. Now, come on. That's Jesus right there, okay? Because Jesus loves Judah. But I saw this picture of him just crashed on the carpet holding those items, and I'm like, I almost forgot that he carried drumsticks for three years. Three years! And I almost forgot that he did that. You know what I'm saying? You really look back, and you just think, oh, I don't know. I just, it went by so fast. And when you're in the season, you just feel like you can't take anymore. You just feel like the weight of it is unbearable. You just feel like longing for when they're potty trained or longing for when they go to school and you get eight hours to yourself or longing for when they move out so that you can change their room into a gym. But <laughs> I promise you, when you look back, it will be a blur. And I know that, like I said, there's some moms here that have teenagers or even older and their grandmothers. But it just really flies by. It really just does. So what are you going to get from this season? What are you going to get from where you are right now? Even just from since we've moved here, when we moved here to come start this church, Josh and I were pregnant with Elisa, and she's already two and walking and talking and potty trained. And even that, like sometimes I call baby Uriah, obviously he's a boy, I call him she or her, like, oh, will you go get her for me? And everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. But I seriously, she is frozen in my head that she's the baby. Like how did two years just I mean, it went by that fast. It's just, it's just absolutely unreal. But in the middle of it, you might feel overwhelmed. But the long and hard days that are filled with crud and junk, I promise you, they're only 24 hours. And they're over. And they're gone forever. You don't have to relive it. You might have another bad day, but it's not going to be this day. All right? So don't be overwhelmed by this day. 
It's only 24 hours, and then it's gone forever. And when they're gone, you'll long for the past. Like, we had so many hard years with my son Judah, and that's why I'm so thankful for this app right now, because when I stop and I think about each of my kids, when it comes to Judah, of course, the first thought is, my sweet boy, I love him. But then, like, my immediate second thought is, he gets 5,000 spankings. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's the kid. He was the me. My mom said that she spanked me probably, you know, 10 times a day until I was, like, six years old. And none of my other siblings she had to do that with. But look, you know, now I'm awesome, right? I mean, she, she got it out of me early, you know? So that's what we're doing, Judah. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it's been so good for my mother heart to see the sweetness of Judah again and to be reminded that it wasn't always a crazy day and that it wasn't a day always filled with spankings, but that there's this sweet little tender boy that there's memories of that I just can't remember because they just went by too fast. Amen? And so sometimes our mind will like to grab onto the bad, but it's so good to focus on the, on the good because when you look back, you don't want to remember just the bad. Amen? You want to be able to look back and say, yeah, there were some crazy days, but my kid was so funny. You know, one of the things in this app the other day, it told me that, that Judah said, there's a sandwich in my toy box. You know, and I'm like, what? Where did that come from? And I was like, you probably put it there, buddy. And he's like, no way. It wasn't me. You know, and I'm like, I would have never remembered that in a million years because that was a minute of my life, you know, six years ago. I would have never remembered that. And so it was just like, wow, God, thank you. I'm just like, every time I open the, this app, it's like a Christmas present for me. And I'm like, what What happened, you know, 10 years ago or five or whatever. It's just such a joy. But um, John 16, 21 and 22 says, says it this way. It says, whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain. And I can agree to that. Because her hour has come. But she gives birth to a child and no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that the child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and you will, and no one will take your joy away from you. And I think that that's so interesting that that's a scripture because it literally is true. And I know all scripture is true, but like I said, some things make more sense to you when you've been through it. Labor is hard, and I know that everybody's labor story is different, but it is so absolutely true. I remember when I was in labor with Mariah, my firstborn, we had a uh, we had her at home with a midwife, and my midwife had eight kids, all natural midwife, with a midwife, now she's a midwife. But um, I looked up at her in the middle of my labor with Mariah, and I was like, I will never do this again. You are crazy. How do you have eight kids? You know, like, and I remember telling her that, and she's like, oh, you just forget, you know. And it sounded so stupid to me at the moment. I'm like, I will never forget this pain, you know. <laughs> Actually, I'm kidding. You can ask Josh. I was never like that in labor. But um, she, it, she just said that to me, and it's so true. The minute you see the baby, the minute you see your bride walking down the aisle, the minute you hold your diploma in your hand, it's all worth it. And you forget the hard times. You forget the long nights that you couldn't sleep. And it's just like, I'm here. This is, that was over. And this is where I'm going now. This is the new season that God's taken me into. And I'm glad that I went through that, but this is where I am now. And the pain of yesterday is gone. I guarantee you gone. And there might be, you know, a time when you can see a scar on your arm and you can say, yep, this was that season right there, but uh, it won't hurt. You know what I'm saying? You can tap it, you can scratch it, and it's not going to open up. But it's just, it's just there, and it's, it's just a reminder of a season, but the pain is gone, and it won't relive in your life if you allow it to be over, if you allow that 24 hours to end, and you walk forth in, in what God has for you today. Amen? So I guess you could actually say that Josh and I have five kids, 
and the middle one's name would be Overflow Church. Um, but it's been an amazing journey. And like I said, when we moved out here, I was pregnant with Elisa. But there was times where we were just like, oh, my gosh. Well, we started a church, and today there was 11 people there, you know, and it was good, or three, yeah, <laughs> you know, no, actually, we never had that little, but, you know, but it was, it was a crazy journey, and we're still on it, we're still going, and we're so thankful to be in this journey, and raising this child, um, and you guys being a part of that, but there were times that we would get home after a church service or something, and then we would just, you know, we would sit down, and we're like, man, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so weren't there, you know. Or we'll think, man, the, the slides were so messed up. Remember the computer froze and nobody knew the words to worship or, or whatever it might be. But I really felt like dro God dropped this scripture in my heart. And I didn't, like, go to Josh and say, dear husband, the Lord is saying this to us today. You know, I, I could have, but he would have laughed his head off at me whenever I tried to be, like, funny or serious or whatever. Josh like, nope, not working. Um, but I just got, you know, a dry erase marker, and I went and I stood on the bathroom in my counter, I mean the counter in my bathroom, and I just wrote this scripture on top of a mirror so that every morning when we woke up and any time we brushed our teeth or washed our hands, that we would be reminded of this scripture. And it's Galatians 6, 9, and it said, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if, everybody say if, if we don't give up. And it was up there for months, huh, babe? I think finally the mirror was starting to get too funky. No, I took it off. You, you just think it's still there because it's, it's, it's in your brain for life. Okay, but um, anyways, it was there for a really long time. And, and, it was, and it really spoke to us because that was a season right before we got this building, right before we just really started to get some new people. And it was, and it was so true because sometimes when things get tough, we think, eh, I'm done. I'm checking out. I don't care. I'll wake up. I'll go do what I'm supposed to do. I'll come home. I'll go to bed. Tomorrow I'll do the same thing. But it says that don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of changing diapers. You might change 5,000 diapers by the time you're done having kids. You might, you know, check out 8 million people at Whataburger before you change jobs. But don't get tired of doing it because it's important right now to your life. What you're doing right now is important. And so if you were wanting a job, I mean, if you're wanting a raise at your job and you haven't got it, if you're the friend that's being the consistent friend and other people just keep on walking all over you, or like I said, if you're just changing diaper after diaper after diaper, there isn't an, uh, there isn't an instant reward. You know, when I change your rise diaper, I'm not like, you know, like a video game, like, bling, you know, like a coin pops up above my head. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like that. But I can guarantee you that what you are doing right now might mean nothing to you. Big goose egg, nothing. But it means everything to someone else. My baby would starve to death, starve to death if I did not feed him. And I have to stop what I'm doing, whether it's making a cake or doing the dishes or whatever. I have to stop everything I'm doing to feed him. And sometimes that might even come to me as like a headache or I can't believe I have to do this again or whatever. But he needs, he needs me and I'm the only one that can provide that for him. And so it might not mean anything to you, but it means the world to somebody else, the things that you're doing. Amen? Don't ever forget that. If it's a 10-minute conversation on the phone when you're in the middle of a work day and you're just so busy and cluttered with work and you're thinking, I don't have time for this, 10 minutes of your busy day could turn somebody's life around in what they're going through. Amen? So don't ever think that what you're doing is not important to somebody else. It is. Even if you never hear about it, even if you never know, it is important 
to somebody else. It means the world to somebody else. Amen? So when you get down after, you know, down the journey after a new season has changed or whatever, and you get back and you look several years, will you be pleased with your work? Will you feel that you sowed seeds to reap a good reward? Did you even plant seeds? Or did you just stand there poking the ground and complaining? Because you're not going to reap a harvest if you don't plant any seeds. So if you're just sitting there complaining about where you are and where you're ready to go to the next level, you won't have the plant that comes up from the ground to feed your family, to turn into a tree, to build your house. You have to do where you're at now to get to the next step. And complaining about it won't get you there. It's just going to hold you right where you're at. So everything that you go through will make you better at the next season. The season might be totally different, but you've learned things in this season that will help you in the next season, that will help you in the next season. And maybe it was a bad choice. Maybe it wasn't even a good thing that happened to you. But I guarantee you, if you touch the iron to check if it's on, and you get a fourth-degree burn on your hand, you're never going to touch the iron again, right? <laughs> You'll, like, spray water on it or something. You will learn from everything, and you will take it on, excuse me, with you in life forever. If you feel like you had a bad mom, that doesn't mean you're going to be a bad mom. If you feel like you didn't have a dad, so you don't know how to be a dad, that's not true because everything that you can do, if you ask the Lord and you commit yourself to it, God, let me be the best wife I can be. God, let me be the best father I can be. He will do it. He will help you through it. He's not surprised that you're at where you're at right now. You know, he didn't wake up today because he doesn't sleep, but he didn't wake up and say, oh, I did not know that you were going to get in a car accident today, or I did not know that you were going to lose your job. He already knew, and he already knows the next step, and he already knows how the blessing and favor is going to continue, and it's not going to end after this one single event. Amen? So the season that you're in, it, sh it, will, it will never happen again the exact same. So what do you need to learn in this season to help benefit you in the next? In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 through 8, it says this. It's a little bit long, but here we go. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search, a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Amen. If you hoard, there's your scripture right there. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. Righteous hate. Let's get that straight. And a time for war and a time for peace. And it's, it's so true. You won't, you won't be in this season forever. You won't be in the next season forever because it's constantly changing. Like I said, you can't just grasp it and stop time. You can't fast forward or rewind. So whatever season you're in right now, whatever the time is, if it's a time to cry or a time to laugh or a time to grieve or a time to dance, Get everything out of this season that you can get out of it because it's going to launch you into the next one. And sometimes I really feel like we get on a broken record until we learn the lesson to get us to the next season, right? Just like I was saying, if you're just poking at the ground complaining, you're not going to have the seed planted with the bearing of fruit to get you to the next one. Amen? So that's, the, that's where I'm at right now. So the first point is don't compare yourself. The second point is everything is just a season. The next one is when you don't know the answers, pray. Everyone say pray. Because you know what's really cool? God has all the answers. Every single one. Every single answer you could ever ask, God has the answer. And we find so many times in scriptures that uh, when we need an answer about tithing or about discipline or about forgiveness or about love, whatever it might be, you know, we can just turn to our concordance, which nowadays, you know, you pull down and tap on the search and type out what you're searching for. But there are some things that aren't in the concordance. 
And God knows those answers, too. Isn't that so cool? We think, it's not in the Bible. What are we going to do? You know, God still knows the answer to it. And so that we, we see in so many scriptures that it says he knows the hair, every hair on our head, which is constantly changing. You know, I heard that scripture as a kid, and I'm like, wow. But then, like, I don't know when, sometime later, I got the revelation as I was brushing my hair and, like, chunks were falling out that God, like Rain Man, you know, in the movie where he drops the toothpicks and he's like 344. Like, God knows exactly how many hairs are on our head every single moment of every single day. When one falls out, he doesn't, oh, a hair fell out. I better recount. You know, he knows. He knows them all. Uh, he knows all the stars, and he's named each and every one of them. He knows you before you were formed, and he knows the words that are about to come out of your mouth before you say them. It says that he knows uh, the needs that we're going to bring to him before we even ask. And so thankfully, we have a God that is omniscient, and we can ask him anything, anything at all. You know, sometimes I think we feel silly, like something is not important enough. It's not a valid enough prayer. Um, it's wasting God's time. Well, I'll just figure this out on my own because God's busy with Nepal right now. So I got this. You know, no, God is able. He knows everything. He's all present. He's just the bomb. So you can ask him anything. You know, it's kind of like the why complex. Elisa has started the why complex way too soon because she hears Judah do it. Like she's two. And, I'm, and so I'm like, let's go potty. Why? And I'm like, well, because if not, you'll pee in your pants, you know. Why? You know, or it's, and it's like sometimes she asks it and it doesn't even make sense. Like, time for bed. Why? <laughs> well, because it is. You know, it's like, anyways, so we can have the why complex with God and he doesn't get tired of it. He will keep answering our questions. And, you know, as parents, sometimes when we get to, you know, after the, th the 30th why, we're like, enough, because I said so, you know. But God will never do that. He'll just say, this is why. And this is why, and this is why. And he will just graciously and tenderly continue answering our questions. I do this on a regular basis. Like, I'll say, why did I just do that? You know, like, if I was on the phone with somebody and I was maybe a little bit too rude or something, I'll hang up and I'll be like, oh, why did I do that? I feel so horrible about myself. Or why am I so clumsy? Because every day I hurt myself at least once. I know I, I'm like a gracious swan to you guys. You think I could never, never do that. But, like, I walk into cabinets. I walk into cabinets that are fixed on the wall. They're not moving, but I walk into them somehow. I promise you, I do it every day. So often I'm like, God, why am I so clumsy? You know, or how can I help, you know, whatever one of my kids to behave better? We can ask him anything, and it's not going to be something that he won't answer. He doesn't know the answer to already. And so one time when this was really, you know, revelatory to me is when we had Elisa, she was our our child that had the most things. And maybe that was because we were here and we were starting a church, and like I said, the devil's a dog, so maybe he was trying to get us down. Who knows? But we had, she was the only baby with an allergy. She was the only baby that had to have multiple blood testing. You know, she everything that was like, this never happened to us before, it was Elisa, every single one of them. So she would cry a lot as a baby, and we didn't really know why. It was something that we hadn't been through before. And so one night when I was awake and I was just sitting there like, seriously, what is going on? And I just, you know, middle, literally middle of the night, lights are out, and I'm just laying there in bed. And I'm like, God, why is she crying so much? I need you to tell me what is happening. What is the answer? Why, why is she crying? And she had what I thought to be a diaper rash, and I had been using Desitin on it for probably a week, a week and a half. And so I'm just laying there in bed, feeding her so she'll go back to sleep. And it just, like, literally just, like, dropped into my head, and it was like, She's allergic to her diapers. Now, never in my life have I heard of anybody being allergic to diaper. 
So I thought, hmm, maybe when I wake up in the morning, I'll Google it. So I just got on Google or, you know, whatever, and I just typed in, is my, is my baby or could my baby be allergic to diapers or something like that? And it was just like, I mean, you know, a lot of them were probably from, like, parenting posts, blogs, or whatever, but it was just, I mean, hundreds, and it was like, my baby's allergic to Pampers. My baby's allergic to Pampers, like, over and over and over, and I was like, oh, my gosh, she's allergic to the Pampers. And so we had, you know, we had had, I'm a couponer, you know, that's how I roll. So I had, like, 300 diapers in the garage, not exaggerating, if not more. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, Huggies are out there. I'm just going to go get it. I put the Huggies on. By the end of the day, her rash was gone. And then when the rash was gone, there was sores, open sores from where the diaper had been literally like chemically burning her. She was allergic to it. Now, how would I in a million years have known that she was allergic to that? I mean, really, it was just me seeking God, knowing that I had tried burping, I had tried feeding, I had tried this, I had tried that, and I tried whatever. But God knew all along that it was the diapers, and I just had to seek his counsel on it. Amen? And so you might feel like what you're having to ask is not an, an, uh, something silly, but it's not. He knows the answer, and he can uh, show you the right way to get out of it. Also, on more than one occasion, Josh and I have lost things like keys or a phone or one of our kids. Just kidding. And, you know, we can look for several minutes or sometimes days. Like, sometimes we've been missing a remote, you know, for the TV for days, and we had to, like, walk up to the TV and, like, you know, like, my life is so rough, you know. How did I ever do this before I had a remote? Um, you know, but we would literally just be looking for them for days. And sometimes it was something that we needed, like, immediately. Like, if Josh had to go somewhere and we couldn't find his keys. And we would look and look and frantic. And then finally I'd say, stop. So we would just say, God, we thank you that you know exactly where the keys are. And you're going to show us where they are now because we don't have time for this. And we need to leave. And I remember one time, specifically when we still lived in El Paso, and we had looked for his keys. I don't know how long. And he had to be somewhere. I don't remember where it was. And I went back, we, we stopped looking, we said the prayer, and I just did this. <laughs> you know, like, beam me up, Scotty, where's the answer? You know, and I just sat there for a second, and I was like, okay, I'm going to look again. And so I went upstairs, we had a two-story house then, I stuck my hand in between the bed and the bed frame and pulled out his keys. He had thrown, they were, his keys were in his pocket, he had thrown his jeans over the bed frame, and the keys had fallen down in there. Now, how in the world would I think to look in between the mattress and the bed frame? God knew where they were, and I asked him to show me, and he told me. Amen? So don't be afraid to ask God questions. There's no small questions. There's no too big questions. There's no dumb questions. There's no questions that are going to throw God for a loop. Like, your theology is not all of a sudden going to trump God's, and he's going to be like, oh, I'll get back to you in five. You know, like, he knows, he knows it. He knows the answer, okay? So don't be afraid to ask God questions like, how can I, how can I be a better person? Should I really be doing this the way that I'm doing it? Was I the wrong one in that situation? Am I doing this the right way? Because God is never going to condemn you or beat you down. He's always going to have a loving and tender answer for you. Amen? So our next point is, sorry, I'm trying to see the time. Josh went five minutes over worship, so I can go five minutes over, right? Everybody forgive me if I go five minutes over? Okay. So the last thing is you won't know until you get there. And that's our last point again. You won't know until you get there. And so some people call this the mom intuition. And perhaps it's a principle that God already set into motion because he is our perfect parent. You know, kind of like the concept of sowing and reaping. Once it starts, it just continues to go. But um, you literally will know things the minute you become a mom. You just will. Or the minute, you know, I don't know, do dads have dad intuition? Maybe a little. Just different probably. Different from a mom. But, you know, when a baby cries, you just know, like, 
oh, they're crying because they're hungry or they're crying because they're tired or they're crying because they have a dirty diaper. Like, you just know. And it was so funny, like, two or three weeks ago, Mariah's like, Mom, I saw on the computer that there's an app. When the baby's crying, you let the app hear the baby crying, and then it tells you why the baby's crying. And she was, like, blown away. I was like, did you know that I have that app in my brain? And she's like, "Mm, well, it's cooler if it's an app. You know, like she could care less that I could do that on my own because she thought it was so cool that it was an app. But, you know, when when something happens, you just know. When one of your kids walk into the room with this weird look on their face, you just know they're going through something and you just got to pull it out of them. You can tell when they're not being honest to you. Oh, and that breaks my heart so bad. I'm like, Lord. Josh always likes to say silly things like he'll be holding you right and he's like you're so cute but you're already a sinner and he's he's like joking but totally not joking and I'm like babe don't be a pastor for just a second you're breaking my heart you know like I know he needs Jesus but he's covered in grace right now but anyways but you know you just you just know these things or you have a feeling about a person or a situation you know Josh's mom always says that his mom told him to stay away from that Donald and he didn't and he got in trouble with that Donald but if he would have listened to his mom and her intuition he would have been better but, you know, we always refer to God as a father because, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But we have to remember that everything in all existence from the beginning of time till now and way past into eternity, everything came from God. So he carries the motherly traits as well. Grace, mercy, love, tenderness. These are all attributes in the earthly realm that generally we would pin to a mom or pin to a woman. And so... Um, You know, like when you're sick, you don't go to your dad. Or when you get a bad grade, you don't go to your dad. You know, you want the mercy and you want the tenderness from your mom. So that's where you go. And so, you know, some of us are worriers or planners or we try to plot out the ABCs of parenting or the ABCs of graduating college or the ABCs to getting out of debt. When ultimately there are going to be so many unknowns, you'll find yourself at the door of decision that you never even knew existed when it comes to bottle feeding versus breastfeeding, vaccinating versus not vaccinating, sleeping on the tummy or sleeping on the back, homeschooling versus public schooling versus private schooling, organic versus GMO. There will be one million things that you didn't even know exist until you step to the next thing, the next season that you're going to go into. You won't even know that those things were there. But you have the God-given <laughs> you have the God-given ability to get there and to know where you're going. And we see in Matthew 6:25 and for sake of time I'm not going to read it, but it it's it's a scripture that talks about don't worry about tomorrow. Doesn't God provide for the birds? Don't they look beautiful? Even Solomon wasn't this good looking and you know in all his in all his riches. And so really we don't have to worry. We don't have to try to plan how am I going to do this when I, when I have a baby? How am I going to do this? What school am I going to put them into? Because we won't know until we get there. We'll make the best decision that we know how to make. We won't compare ourselves to the decision somebody else is making because maybe they have a six-figure job and they can go into private school, but you don't. And you're not going to go into debt to go into private school because that's not wise. So make the best decision you can where you're at. Amen? Amen. So you can have ha- had a job in accounting for 20 years and be an awesome accountant. But if you switch jobs and now you want to become a lawyer, you have to start back. Some things might be across the board that could help you. But it's not like you're just like, I'm an accountant. Tomorrow I'm going to carry a briefcase and I'm going to be a lawyer. That's just not how it works. You have to go back to square one and get all the way back to where you're at. Some of those things will help you, but everything else is, is also going to have to be learned and be new. And you won't know about it until you get there. Amen? You can learn everything in the Bible. You can learn everything in Bible school. We have so many college students here. You can learn everything in Bible school about being a pastor, but you won't know how to minister to a mom who just miscarried, a person who just lost their job, a person being transparent in their sin issue until it happens 
to you. I guarantee there's not a class that teaches you how to walk somebody through a sin addiction that they have. Not going to happen until you get there. And you might not even handle it right the first time. And that is something that is so important for people and congregation to understand about pastors is we we don't have all the answers we can look to God and he has all the answers but we might get it wrong sometimes and as a mom I get it wrong sometimes and you know yesterday I was giving the kids a bath and I you know Uriah is five so he can kind of support himself a little so I put him in one of my kids laps while they're in the bath and I wash him and yesterday Judah was not doing a great job and I was like you're fired you can't be the bath friend anymore you know and he was just kind of like you know, I'm, like, worried about my newborn just dipping his head in the water, you know, because he's like, ah, it's bad, bad. And so then later I was like, dang it. I need to apologize to Judah. You know, and so many times when, we, when we're here, rightfully so, and this is our position, and there's somebody here or here or here, and we wrong them, you are actually a worse leader if you don't make your right with them and you don't humble yourself and apologize to them. My kids know that I'm a good parent, and they ho- hopefully understand when I make a flaw, but it teaches them that I'm trying to be the best parent I can be when I understand that I've messed up, and I go back to them, and I say, I am so sorry that I yelled at you. That was not right, and I won't do that again. Will you forgive me? And it is just so powerful to even be able to apologize to those that are under you. So lastly, I'm going to breeze through this. Um, a practical lesson And these are physical and spiritual truths. We function better first when we're rested. Physically, we need sleep because if we don't have sleep, we get sluggish, we get moody, we get grumpy, and we just don't function right. God created in us to rest. Even God rested, okay? And spiritually, no matter how much sleep we get, physical sleep, rest will come from the Lord. We know that the scripture says, come to me all who are heavy burdened and I will give you rest. But there's also a scripture in Psalm 116 verse 7 that says, let your soul be at rest again for the Lord has been good to me. And we won't find the, you know, you can be tired and sleep 10 hours and wake up and be tired because God is the one that gives you perfect rest. When your soul is at turmoil, no matter if you turn your brain off and go to sleep, your soul is still at turmoil within you. So that is so, uh, so, so important. The next thing is, okay, so we have to be rested. The second thing is we have to be fed. Physically, we need to eat and we need to eat often. You can't eat once a week and think, well, radio, I'm good. You know, I don't need to eat again for another 87 hours. You have to eat often because if you don't eat often, you get weak, you start to lose focus, you become irritable. And when Josh and I were first married and we were going to Target like all the time to get, you know, redeem our gift cards, one day I was grumpy, grumpy, and I was pushing the cart. I'm like, we come here every day, which now I would be like, we're at Target again. But, um, you know, and I was so grumpy, and he was like, geez, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, if we go to the cafe and get you some nachos or something, you think you'll be all right? And I'm like, well, I don't know, it's worth a shot, you know. So we went and we got nachos and we ate. And then I was like frolicking, skipping and pushing the cart like, this is so fun. And he's like, I just learned that the secret to our marriage is keeping you fed. I'm like, deal. Sounds good to me. But, you know, we do. We get irritable when we're hungry. Some people call it hangry, right? You just get angry when you're too hungry. But spiritually, this is also so important. We need to stay in the word often, just like you wouldn't eat once a week You can't go to church once a week and expect it to be enough for tomorrow or even three days down the road. You have to stay in the word often. You have to feed yourself. You don't just eat once a week like you go to church once a week. The scripture says in Luke 11 verse 3, give us today our daily bread. And we also see in the, in, with the children of Israel when they were out in the wilderness, if they tried to hold on to the manna for the next day because they didn't want to get up to get it, it was rotten and there was maggots all into it. And they brought it into their house and bleh. Can you imagine waking up to maggots in your house? Yuck. Bleh. But we have to have fresh daily bread. 
And I just want you to know, sometimes people call themselves baby Christian for like five years. You know, that'd be like Mariah, who's about to be 10, coming out here and, Mom, change my diaper. I'm still just a baby. You know, you guys would look at her like she was crazy. But you cannot blame anyone else that you don't eat when you're old enough to feed yourself. All right? I'm going to say that one more time. You can't blame anyone else that you didn't eat when you're old enough to feed yourself. People say all the time, I wasn't getting fed at that church, so I had to go to another church. Nope. Get your spoon out, like Pastor Josh said. Keep your fork out and feed yourself. Amen? And the last thing is you have to stay connected physically. We need the support and the others of people who are in our same situation or have been through it to give us advice or encouragement. Somebody who's been there, done that, and can say, oh, yes, this, try this, this worked for me. And it really builds us up to stay in community, to be able to rub shoulders with each other, to be able to call each other out when we're doing dumb things. And spiritually, we have to stay connected to the Father and other believers as well. You know, we see in John 15 that it says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch can't bear fruit if it's cut off the tree. We know that. It says, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and together we can bear much fruit. But if you do not abide in me, then you are, like, thrown away like a useless branch, and it withers up. So I don't know about you. I don't want to be a useless branch. I want to be a beautiful branch. The ladies went yesterday, and we painted some beautiful branches. Some of them were kind of twisted, you know, and crazy. But every person had a beautiful tree. And, you know, some people went and wrote scriptures on there, and it was just so much fun. But so that's it. Stay. We function best when we're rested, fed, and connected. And just like being a mom, you know, once you become a mom or once you become a dad, everything in your whole life becomes intertwined. Last week, if you guys weren't here, I had to miss because Elisa was sick. And it really does. You know, one thing happens, and it affects I couldn't come to church, and then that affected that, you know, I didn't get as much sleep. That affected that I didn't clean, you know, whatever. It's a cycle. Something pulls me off my routine, and boom, everything else is affected. And I really felt like God dropped it into my spirit, my spirit when I was preparing these notes that just like being a mom affects everything that we do, being a Christian should affect everything that we do. We should pray for people everywhere we go. We should love on people everywhere we go. We shouldn't be able to have to be pulled out and then, oh, I'm not a Christian for this five minutes while I make this bad choice. Everything that you do in your life is intertwined with the fact that you're a Christian. So you should be praying for people. You should be inviting people to church. You should be loving on people that are unlovable. You should be doing all these things because you cannot subtract the Christian from your life any, any, at any time. Just like I can't subtract the mom from my life when I have to be here and lead worship. Amen.